Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello, 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 and welcome back to another episode of the Believe in Lions podcast. That's B-L-E-A-V. I'm your host, as always, Jack Cavanaugh, and I am joined by the all-pro safety for the Detroit Lions, the interception leader for the Detroit Lions and the NFL. It is safety, all-pro safety, Glover Quinn. Ah, what's up, man? What's up? How you doing? I'm good. I'm good. I'm just enjoying another beautiful week after a Lions victory. It just makes the weeks better. It makes it easier. It makes it more exciting reading about football coming off another victory. Yeah, I mean, it's always great to to have wins, especially as a fan, because fans only have to just, you know, pay attention and show up to the next game right or tune in and watch the next game as a player every win you get it makes the next game bigger you know every every week the games get bigger you go from last week being the biggest game because you know you wanted to really not lose to a panthers team wanted to win another home game so that's the biggest game right now you come into this week now it's the bucks it's you're on the road against an nfc opponent you want to show that you're a good team in this league, that you're going to be a good team in this conference, you have to be able to go on the road and beat other good teams. And Tampa Bay, they've been playing well. But if you want to be taken serious, Detroit Lions, you have to go on the road and get this win. Bet Online is your number one source for your betting needs. Get the latest odds, lines, and matchup reports for baseball, boxing, golf, and more. Bet online continues to be the fastest and easiest way to place your wagers, including live betting in your favorite casino and card games available to play right from your phone. So head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and get in on the action. Remember to use promo code believe for your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's B L E A V bet online where the game starts. They do. They do, especially after the NFL flexes the Lions into the 425 time slot saying, hey, the Bucks are playing good. The Lions are playing good. More people need to be watching the Detroit Lions. More people need to be watching the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So if the Lions go out and lay an egg when the NFL has told the entire fan base, hey, go watch this game, eh, that'd be pretty unacceptable. Right. I mean, and a lot, the, and I know this is not what you would call a national or primetime game. It's not a Sunday night or a Thursday night or a Monday night game, but it's kind of the NFL's daytime primetime game, right? They flexed it from the one o'clock game where you probably have, you know, eight to 10 games on at that time to the 425 or the 415 slot where you may have two, maybe three games on. And this right here would be probably the big game that they're showing in most markets on probably Fox. I would assume it's the NFC games probably be on Fox. And so the last few times that the Lions have been in the public's eye on national TV or on the what you would call a big stage in the NFL, they have performed. They have showed up. And so this is only another opportunity for them to continue to show up. And I would definitely expect them to show up three and oh over the last three primetime games obviously this isn't a primetime game but it is it is still the pressure is on the spotlight is on and then 
in a couple of weeks, they get another primetime game against the Las Vegas Raiders on Monday night. Weird how many Thursday night games the Lions have and how many Monday night games the Raiders have. I don't know who decided this, but we're just rolling with it. Anyways, back to the Detroit Lions. They're getting healthy. Amon Ross St. Brown back to practice. He is closer to probable than questionable. Obviously, the NFL doesn't have the probable tag anymore, but he looks like he's coming back. Good time as well. Yeah, they definitely can use him. They definitely can use him. Um, I was excited to see them put up 42 points last week without him, without Jameer Gibbs. Um, but this week, they're not playing the Carolina Panthers. Tampa Bay's defense will be tougher. Um, you know, Antoine Winfield Jr. has been playing well, you know, and that'll be a really good matchup on the inside with Amon Ross St. Brown. But definitely having him back is going to help add to this, uh, you know, offensive uh, arsenal that they have. Um, so it's good to see him making strides towards playing because they're definitely going to be needed. And Dan Campbell seems to be pretty honest with players. If he says you're closer to probable, I tend to believe him. He doesn't play the mind games of a Pete Carroll or one of those other coaches. Whereas we've got Jameer Gibbs. He's still day-to-day. Brian Branch, day-to-day. So we'll see if we get either of those guys returning. You mentioned the Bucks' defense, though, and they've been pretty stout for the most part. But it's also, I don't know what to make of it. Because they shut down the Vikings running game in week one, but Vikings haven't been good running the ball, period. And then they shut down the Bears, but that was when the Bears were kind of a disaster still. And then the Eagles run all over the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And I think the Lions are a lot closer than the Vikings, the Bears, or the Saints, who they beat the last time around. And again, the Saints had Derek Carr. He was injured, so they just loaded the box. Right. And, you you know, you look at the, the wins that Tampa has, like you said, you know, Chicago, not a very good team. Minnesota, not a very good team. And, you know, the Saints, you know, in that situation. So they got three wins and they've played well, um, but they I don't think they've played a team outside of Philly like the Detroit Lions, a team that has a, a offensive juggernaut system. And then they plan really, really good on defense. And so it'd be interesting to see how the Lions show up and approach this game. Um, if they play well, I think there'll be a little too much for Tampa Bay. Um, but you can't take this Tampa Bay team lightly. You know, they do have good wide receivers. And that, if that's anything that that scares me, then that's what it would be. Because the last time we played a team with two decent wide receivers in DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett, we lost that game because we couldn't get big stops on third down um, to get off the field. Now, I know the game planning and kind of what they were doing defensively was a little different. That Seattle game. Couldn't get pressure on a quarterback, even with backup tackles. But DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett, you know, came through and made big plays on third down. This week they're going against a Mike Evans and Chris Godwin, another two good wide receivers, two good Pro Bowl wide receivers. And so the Detroit Lions secondary has to be able to step up and make some big plays, but it's going to take the D-line and the linebackers getting pressure on Baker Mayfield, um, forcing him to get rid of the ball so that he don't have time to just pick us apart. And that was one of the things I wanted to ask you heading into this matchup is there's not many teams that have just a big outside X wide receiver and then a dominant slot as well. The Seahawks are one of those teams and it didn't work out. 
we get another chance to face that kind of matchup. How do you cover that? What do you do knowing, hey, we've got Mike Evans on the outside. He can go deep. He's not a deep specialist anymore because he's slowed down, but he can still beat you over the top and he's going to outmuscle you while also having Chris Godwin who can get open at will over the middle. So it's just two separate quadrants that you have to focus on. Otherwise, you're going to get beat. Right. It's, it's, it's a tough dynamic, you know, and so. Um, you know, I know Chris Godwin used to play a lot in the slot. I don't know if he's still playing as much in the slot now, but if he is, that that was that was be a good matchup for Brian for Brian Branch. Um, could be a tough matchup for Will Harris. You know, if he has to match up against Chris Godwin on the inside, and then Mike Evans is a big target. Yeah, he's probably slowed down a little bit, but I mean, he got ten or so consecutive seasons with thousand yards, so he continually puts up numbers. Right. The last time he was in Detroit, if I'm not mistaken, would have been probably 2014. And it was a great day for the Detroit Lions defense. They probably played in Detroit since then, though. That was they play in Detroit probably every what, six years, every eight years or no, because they're in the NFC. every six years. Yeah. You know, the next time they probably was on the road and then they probably played in Tampa a couple years ago. And then I mean, played in Detroit a couple years ago. And then are we playing the South this year? The NFC South? Yes, we are. Because we played the Can Panthers, we play the Atlanta? The Can, yeah. 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 So um, he's played, I guess, in Detroit since the last time we played him in 2014 with the sliding interception on the side with Rasheem Mathis, you know, getting physical with Mike Evans and frustrating him. But that was nine years ago. Um, so he's grown as a player. He still has his emotional outbursts at time. But right now it seems like he's, you know, he, he he's not getting an extension with with Tampa Bay they didn't get the contract done you know he seems to score touchdowns and run to the sideline and really just taking care of business just playing ball and so we know what he can do um I think he'll be a tough matchup for Jerry Jacobs or Cam Sutton just because he is a big big physical body um so it's going to be a real big test for our D-line to be able to to pressure Baker Mayfield you know we got to continue to stop the run game and force it into Baker's hand and be able to make some plays. Are you asking Cam Sutton to follow Mike Evans around either side then, like they have been doing with Sutton? Or are you going to let it be an either-or thing, knowing Chris Godwin is in the slot, he moves outside, he's all over the place as well? I think they'll probably start out going left and right, you know. Um, and Because Jerry Jacobs has been playing well. He got three interceptions in the last couple games, so... I don't think they would start out letting him match up with Chris Godwin, although size-wise and body style, you know, he's probably a better fit for Chris Godwin, being a shorter, stockier guy. Um, and Cam is a little taller. He's he's a little skinnier, so he don't weigh a lot like like a Mike Evans, but he can match up with Mike like a Marshawn Lattimore or, or Darius Slate-type body. So just going off of size, I will put – Cam Sutton on the Mike Evans and Jerry Jacobs on a, on a Chris Godwin. And that may be something that they go to if somebody's giving somebody problems, if they start out left and right. And, you know, Mike or somebody is giving somebody problems on the other side, they may go to a left and right system, I mean, to a matchup system. But I don't know. I think initially they'll probably start out going left and right and then just see how it play out. Same with the safeties as well. Just let Tracy and Kirby play their natural strong safety, free safety, or do you shade one of them towards Mike Evans? Well, I think, you know, I think 
you'll probably shade a little bit to Mike Evans just because you know he's a he's a true deep ball threat. I mean, I think if Mike Evans come out of the game with 10 catches for 100 yards, I think you you take that because that means he's catching a bunch of slants or just a bunch of little underneath routes and you're making a tackle and you're keeping it moving. But if he comes out of the game with 10 catches for 160 yards, that means you probably gave up a deep ball here or there. You know, he's been making some big-time plays, and I don't think you want that from Mike Evans. I think you want him to have eight, nine catches for 70 yards. That's perfectly fine. I think they'll live with that outcome, that scenario. So I think it all depends on how they're trying to use Mike Evans and what they want to do. I think initially you probably want to start out shading a little bit just so you take that away early in the game and see how the game goes. You know, if you get up on them, then obviously they're going to be in more of a, of a pass situation, so they're probably going to take more shots and try to get the big play. Uh, if the game stays close, now you got to kind of, you know, pick your spots because when the game is close, teams still have their full arsenal of an offensive playbook, right? They got their runs, they got their passes, they got their screens, they got everything because it's a close game, right? When games get one-sided, now you kind of lose the playbook far as the run game because they don't, they want you to run the ball. That's fine. Run it. Get six yards. That's cool. You're going to use up 45, 50 seconds, and you're going to get six yards, and you're going to have to do that a lot of times to score a touchdown. So we're okay with that. Um, so I I think we'll just have to see, you know, how the game go. But I think initially you got to take that, 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 that away and not let them get going early, being that you're on the road. And that's one of the things that's interesting about this Tampa Bay Buccaneers offense is Baker Mayfield has looked a lot better this year than he has did last year. At the very least, he's finally putting it back together, looking like that first overall pick. But one of the areas he's excelled in is when he's under pressure, which historically Baker Mayfield has really struggled under pressure, as do most quarterbacks. And he's under pressure a lot with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They redid their whole offensive line all pro right tackle goes to left tackle left guard goes to right tackle and they've both played pretty well but then all three of the interior linemen from that super bowl run are all gone and it's been tough up the middle both protecting baker and running the football this interior buccaneers offensive line has really limited them think they can get after baker and if if they do does baker continue to make plays under pressure like we've seen because that is not who baker mayfield's being Right, and I think the line should be able to exploit that. I think they can move Aiden Hutchinson around. You see a lot of times he 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 makes a move where he starts outside, he comes back underneath, and if you can't control that stuff interiorly, I mean, if you can't stop, if, if you can't run the ball and then you become a one-dimensional team and they can turn loose the pass rush, I think it could be, be trouble. And one thing I would say about this line's defense that I kind of noticed is those guys play really hard. They play really fast. Like those guys, those those linebackers, those D linemen, they are coming really fast at the quarterback. And so getting getting, you know, Baker Mayfield off his spot, forcing him to to move around in the pocket, run around. I mean, they 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 were able to corral Bryce Bryce Young last week. You know what I'm saying? Like we've we've faced some decently mobile quarterbacks. You know, Geno hurt us a little bit. Um, but I think if we can get pressure on them like we want to and, and force Baker to, to have to move around and try to make throws on the run, that could open up some big play opportunities for the secondary to make some interceptions. And they got to catch those interceptions because oh, they got to catch because <laughs> <laughs> they don't catch it. Then Glover's going to be back here on Monday, Tuesday, whenever we do the next pod. 
talking about how they got to go to hand school. But hand school. It's been better lately. At least Jerry Jacobs, three interceptions in two games. It's been better lately. Yeah. And I'm ready for it's time for Cam to get his, his first one. He's been playing decently solid. Um, time for him to get his hand on get his hands on one. Kirby Joseph as well would love to see him get an interception for a guy who picked off Aaron Rodgers four times. Only three of them counted, but I would still love to see Kirby Joseph get his hands on a football. Oh, yeah. I mean, and, you know, for him coming off of a year where you had, you know, four or five, I can't remember how many he had last year. Um, you think it's easy, you know what I'm saying? And sometimes they just don't come. But um, the, the law of averages generally – prevails and so at some point he'll go on the run catching two or three and 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 be right where he wants to be but it'd be good to see tracy get get his hands on one coming off the injury and and what he was for that secondary a couple of years ago for him to get a uh a, a, a interception and you know get him a little soccer trot or you know whatever he wants to do it'd be good to see that too Lots of players in this Lions secondary and this Lions defense in general that are capable of making plays. Time to see them put it together in turnovers. They made lots of plays, just tackling, forcing fumbles, things of that nature. But we want to see those interceptions come in bunches. For the defense on offense, Jared Goff doesn't throw an interception last week. The first time in about three games, he doesn't throw an interception. Not that it's bothered Jared Goff. He throws a pick and then he just comes back cool as a cucumber. And now Jared Goff is the highest graded quarterback from pro football focus. And some people debate the value of those rankings, but they did have Glover Quinn as the best Lions defender of all time. So they get something right. (laughs) (laughs) They did have that, didn't they? They did. They did. I think it's pretty accurate too. Can't argue with that. I think so. I mean, he was pretty good. (laughs) 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 But man, Jared Goff has been playing great, you know. I mean, like I said, the law of averages tend to work out, right? I mean, he went a long streak, a lot of games, a lot of passes without an interception. And so it's only right. I mean, sometimes, you know, all streaks come to an end at some point. You know what I'm saying? And sometimes you just kind of like waiting, all right? I, I know I haven't went. Haven't thrown an interception in a long time, but I know at some point I'm going to throw one. Let's just go and get this over with. Here you go. Take an interception. Let me get that streak over with so I can start another one. So he went three games in a row with a pick. And the only one that really hurt him was in Seattle when he, you know, had to pick six. If you don't have to pick six, you give yourself a better chance to win that game. But the other ones didn't really hurt the Lions. They still got the wins, and he threw an interception. Now he can go on another streak and play well for the remaining however many games that they have left throughout the playoffs. And with the rest of the season on the horizon, as good as Jared Goff has played, do we see a contract extension during the season? Or is that even something that the Lions typically consider? Because he's played very well, but he has another year on his contract next year. Goff currently making about $25 million. The contract average is 33 and a half, but he's kind of front. It was front loaded. He's making less now. So now when you compare it to guys like Daniel Jones making 40 million, is it time for Jared Goff to get a payday or are we going to wait till after the season? Yeah, they'll wait till after the season, but it'll definitely happen. I think he's their quarterback. I think he's the guy that they want. I mean, they haven't drafted a quarterback to be the replacement. I don't think they're going to, I mean, you don't just generally find franchise type quarterbacks on the free agent market. 
right? Generally, those guys get traded or something. You draft them. It's hard to find, you know, every now and then Tom Brady becomes available, right, or uh, somebody, right, but not very often. So I think they like Jared Goff. I think he fits what they're doing. I think he 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 fits the mold of the team, the city. I think he embodies that, and I think he's a guy that they trust, that they like, and and they they'll probably definitely get that done this offseason. I don't think it'll happen during the season though. Lions typically don't do that from my memory. I think Taylor Decker, they did him during the season, but it was early and they were close in the offseason. Otherwise, seems like they wait till the offseason. So big Jared Goff extension incoming, big Amon Ross St. Brown contract incoming as well, because he'll be entering the final year of his deal. But that's all for the future in the now. The Lions are a one loss team sitting here at four and one, ready to go five and one against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in Tampa starting to cool down as well. It's not the September highs, the September humidity and the lions are favored by three, which feels a little low to me. You know, I'd probably give them a four or five point advantage against Tampa Bay, but what do you think about that Glover? And what are you thinking for a final score in this one? Yeah, I think, I think it'd be a pretty close game for the, for the most part, you know, because we're on the road. So you got to deal with that. Um, I think Tampa's defense is, you know, historically they've been decently solid, tough defense, still got some good linebackers there. Um, secondary got some guys that can make some plays. So, you know, I think it'll be a, a decently close game. Um, I think the Lions will definitely get over 20 point mark like they've done the last 14 games. Um, I don't think they get to 40. Um, so I'm going to go 27 to 17. 10-point 10, 10 victory for the Detroit Lions. I love it. That would bring an end of five games straight, all five games of the season for the Detroit Lions. They've scored over 35 points. But like you said, sometimes streaks have to end. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers feel like a team that are going to end that streak. Hanging 35 on the Bucs would be quite impressive. I just don't know if we get quite there. Yeah, I'm going to give you know, I'm giving them three touchdowns and two field goals. You know, I think Tampa will play solid enough defense to where sometimes they'll get close and they may not be able to cash in for a touchdown and you kick a field goal. Um, and you know, being on the road, I know, I know Dan is a is a you know the the fourth downer, but I think sometimes when you're on the road, you gotta take those points in some situations where at home you may go for it on fourth down. Um, just being at home, momentum and all those things, but sometimes on the road, you know, you may take the field goal and, and put some points on the board. So I'm going to give them three touchdowns and a couple of field goals to put them at 27. And then I give, you know, I think Tampa will be able to score, you know, Carolina scored 10 points in what I would call the, the game play. I know they got 14 points in the fourth quarter kind of junk time, I, I, I guess, but um, I think Tampa will get a couple of touchdowns and probably a field goal in there and, and get to about 17. 17 to 21, but I think the Lions will get the win 27, 17, 27, 21, somewhere right now. 
and at that point the Lions will be four and one, well ahead of five. the rest. Oh, five and one. Sorry, correct. Five and one. Well ahead of the rest of the NFC North. Vikings and Bears face each other. The Bears can either get their second win or the Vikings can get their second win. But Vikings gonna be without Justin Jefferson for at least the next four games. He's on injured reserve. If they lose to the Bears, they're obviously gonna lose to the 49ers, and then they play the Packers. If the Vikings are one and seven, do they get rid of Kirk Cousins? I mean, you know, I think they can. I just don't know if they will. I don't know if you will have buyers really at that point because people say, well, he can go to the Jets. Well, now you bring it in a quarterback midseason, right? They already rolling with Zach Wilson. Aaron Rodgers will be back next year. So then what do you do with Kirk? Right. Um, and then if if another team is out of playoff contention, why are they trading for Kirk? Who, you know, got he only got one year left. So he's going to be a free agent. Why trade for him just for him to leave? Um, and if a team is, you know, in playoff contention, then they probably already got a decent quarterback, you know. So I think it'll be difficult to move a quarterback midseason. I think you can pick up a good wide receiver or you can pick up a DB or you can pick up a D lineman or a linebacker. You know what I'm saying? I think you can pick up those guys midseason to help aid in a in a playoff run. I just think it's very difficult for the quarterback position. Especially when Vikings looking at one and seven, that'll be eight games into the season. Jets probably aren't in contention eight games into the season. Maybe the Falcons are, but also they seem to like Desmond Ritter, so they probably stick with him if they're in playoff contention. So, like you said, teams that need a quarterback, typic, unless there's an injury, unless there is a freak injury to someone before the trade deadline, it doesn't really make sense for most teams because the Jets, the favorite contender, or the favorite contender for Kirk, aren't really going to be contenders in the AFC. No, I mean... It just all depends. You know, you look at them, you know, the division that they're in, that they're going to end up third behind Buffalo and and Miami. You know, they'll be ahead of um, New England. You know, you look at the, the East, I mean, Baltimore, you know, and that's what's crazy about that whole division, right? Cincinnati has been awful throughout the first few games, but they're sitting there at two and three. The leaders at three and two, like – Cincinnati is one of two games from being the leader in the East, and they are not a good, that good of a team to me, but that just means to me that division is a little down. We all thought Baltimore was going to be that, but they just haven't been that. Um, the Steelers are not that. You look up, and they're three and two, but they're just not They're just not that. So I don't know if that division gets two teams into the playoffs. And then you look at the West, you know you're going to have Kansas City, San Diego will probably, I mean, LA Chargers will probably get there, but Denver's not going to be there. Um, Vegas, I don't think Vegas is going to be there, you know. And then you go to the the North. Um, well, I mean, I, I did the North with Pittsburgh, I, I guess. You go to the South, I think you get the Texans. Anthony Richardson is hurt in the Colts and got Jacksonville, you know. I don't know if you get two teams out of that division, maybe. Um, 
But with the extra, don't they take an extra team now? Yeah, seven teams. They take seven three, teams now. So three non-division winners. I mean, the Jets might could sneak in. They might. You know, they might every year is one team, one division is gonna have three teams. Last year, I think it was Seattle, San Fran, and no, they only had two. It was the East that had three. The Giants, Cowboys, and the Eagles. Yeah. Right. So it's gonna be one division that's gonna have probably three teams. Could be the Jets, the Bills, and the Dolphins. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. It's a long season left to go. We are only heading into week six. We still have for the Detroit Lions after six, five of them being wins. We'll still have 11 football games left to play. There's still a lot of football to unfold, but I think we feel pretty confident with this Detroit Lions team right now. Yeah, I think they're, they're in a good spot. Um, two, two, two tough games on the road these next two weeks, so. This right here is a like I say, when you if you want to show that you are a good team in this league, these are two games that you have to go win. Two big road games and then a Monday night football game against the Las Vegas Raiders. And hopefully, when all is said and done, we will be sitting there at seven and one heading into the bye. It is a great time to be the a Detroit Lions fan. Glover, any final thoughts on the Lions, the NFL in general, or anything else going on? Nah, man, I hope the Lions are getting healthy. Um, you know, Amon Rossi and Brown's coming back. Hope they just continue to keep their foot down and continue to, to focus on them and, and playing well. And, you know, the rest of the league, it's a good it's a good league. It's, it's, it's a good teams. You know, games have been exciting. So continue to support, continue to support, continue to watch. And uh, let's just hope for a safe and, and, and great week six. Let's go heading into week six. It is once again a great time to be a Detroit Lions fan. If you haven't jumped on the bandwagon yet, you are still welcome. There is still lots of room on this bus to the playoffs, to the NFC Championship, hopefully, and hopefully to the Super Bowl. But until we get there, we will see you next time. Peace. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.